Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. Host Alfonso Sumeros. Jazz, just the way we like it. It's recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I grew up on, listened to as a young man. Here I am, playing them now. And also to introduce another generation, that fabulous creative art form known as jazz. In the studio once again with my good pal, Lawrence Williams. Larry, how you doing, brother? All right, what's up, man? How are you today? Uh, I'm pretty good, man. I can't complain. You know, uh, we had that tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Tragedy. Um, you know, his young daughter um, <laughs> reminds me a little bit of my uh, granddaughter in terms of being a basketball player at that young of age. And, you know, like she has her whole life was ahead of her. Uh, it's just such a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's sad, Larry. You know, we also, uh, since we were last on, on, did a recording, a podcast, we lost a uh, Jimmy Heath, famous jazz sax player, one of the Heath brothers. Yes. We had Jimmy Heath, who played sax, his brother Albert on drums, and Percy Heath, who played bass. Uh, Jimmy Heath was uh, born in 1926 and, and just recently passed January 19th. They were out of Philadelphia. You know, in 1946 to 1949, the Heath, the Heath brothers, Jimmy, Albert, and Percy, formed a group, uh, a jazz group, man. And, and, and they uh, hired this young sax player. Uh, and they were really impressed with him. And they also impressed him, especially Jimmy Heath, because he was a sax player. And you might know this guy's name. His name was John Coltrane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the early groups that Coltrane played with, man. And they, Jimmy Heath went on to play with a lot of people from Miles Davis to uh, uh, Kenny Clark, Dinah Washington, Dizzy Gillespie, just to name a few. So that tragic loss, man. Okay, Larry, let's, uh, let's get things going, man. You know we always start the podcast off with a dedication, uh, a piece that addresses the social condition. And uh, here's a singer, Carla Clark, Carla Cook, excuse me, on a song called Inner City Blues. Take 
no chance to increase my finance. Bills pile up sky high to send my people off to die.
Wow. Carla Cook in the city blues. Man, what a nice piece, man, on that Marvin Gaye song. Larry. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. I, that, that's, I think that's the first time I've heard her, but she's excellent. And she reminds me a little bit of uh, Betty Carter. Yeah. The, way, the, the voice, the, uh, lyrically. Uh, but it was really good. And at first, I, like I said, I think this is the first time I've heard her. Oh, yeah. She's man. really cool. She's good. She's yeah. good. She's scattered real good. Yeah. Oh, my God. She just took that song that Marvin Gaye did, man, and just expanded on it, man. Right. Took it in a whole new direction. direction. Yeah. Yeah. I like how she arranged that. I mean, whoever arranged it, they really did a yeah. great job with it. They did, man. Nice little backup jazz there, man. You know, it wasn't overwhelming. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk a little politics, man. The okay. recent CNN poll for the first time said that slight majority favors removing the president from office. Now, uh... That's the first time we've seen this numbers where it's the majority. That's the popular vote. That's the uh, CNN popular that yeah. we favored removing him for office. Yeah. And in that same survey, uh, and CNN surveys are pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. About 57 to 58 percent believe that he committed obstruction and abuse of power. So uh, uh, interesting stuff. And I know this morning the uh, New York Times reported that John Bolton, the former, <coughs> excuse me, national security advisor, very close was very close to the president, came out and said, "Yeah, it was pro quo that he uh, was holding up uh, funding military aid based on uh, Ukraine investigating uh, Biden's son." Now they can't, they can't just deny that. This puts the Republicans in a big, big, big dilemma. Uh, they're gonna fight bringing a witness into the impeachment because they don't want Bolton up there saying, "Yeah, this is what happened." Bolton's in a, in a in a in a circle. He's national. He was national security advisor, former conservative, uh, and very anti-Russian. This guy was, you know. He wanted to go to war all the time. You know, he would have been okay with attacking North Korea. Uh, so he, he brings a whole different perspective to this. Now, either they're going to, after this came out, are they going to call witnesses to testify? And if they don't, that's real big ammunition for the uh, Democrats. Well, it's going to be interesting. Good, Larry. I know you got a lot to say about I, I, this. No, I, I just think that Mitchell is not going to do, he's not going to ve- veer uh, from what uh, they originally started out to do, which is they have no witnesses, to make this go over as quickly as possible, not to do justice to what should be done. The Republicans have the majority. They will acquit him, and that will be that. Uh, now that uh, the survey are moving in the opposite direction of what Trump wants, it's a possibility that he could lose the 2020 election. If people are really looking at this right, if they're looking at it in the way that the Republicans are <clears throat> withholding information, uh, also obstructing justice, then maybe what will happen is that uh, the Democrats will get a chance to bring this guy out of office. 
this is what I'm hoping. I don't think that he's going to get. Uh, um, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna find him guilty of it of anything. But because they, they, they because they don't think he did anything wrong. Here's the backlash. Here's the backlash, and a recent Pew poll sort of supports this backlash. There's a there's a percentage of forty percent of his his uh, supporters, forty forty one percent who are stone cold Trump. Yep, he can shoot twenty people, and they'll still vote for him. Right, but then there's that margin that allowed him to beat Hillary, who were who voted for Obama but right. crossed over Robert. for Trump. And when you start looking at the Pew poll that recently came out, uh, 56% of the Americans said the economy was excellent and good. 56%, which is very good. But 31% said they benefited from it, which means 69% said they did not benefit from this uh, economy. You know, uh, And when you go down to lower income levels, the lower you go, the more dissatisfied. So when you go down, it can go down to 41% who said they didn't, didn't benefit, 31%. You're really cutting into uh, some folks who switched over. So that, that, that places him at some even greater risk. And, and Bernie Sanders is, is leading in Iowa. He's up seven points. I'm sorry. What I think about is like when when he uh, excuse me. You know these numbers. His numbers are higher than what Nixon had at this time in his impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Uh, what what I think about though is like uh, those those numbers are good. Those numbers are good, but I'm just thinking of the fact that. What happens with the people, as you mentioned, the numbers that you mentioned in terms of uh, uh, the numbers are, are less, people that are less satisfied. The people that are less satisfied are the people that he promised jobs to, such as people in, in Pittsburgh and places like that where they're like steel mines and stuff like that. And those jobs are not coming back. No, no they're not they, coming back. No. But he promised them that you know he's going to make America great again by bringing back these type of jobs. You, you, this economy, this world right now, does not uh, warrant those type of jobs I anymore. Know. It's just like the coal industry. Yeah, it's it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. So those are the people I think that were marginal. That's part of the marginal group. You're right. And if if, if they're not if their lives are not any better, they may switch. Yeah. They may they may you know they may get away from the uh, the fact that that they're just Trump supporters because he says, "Magda, make America great again." Yeah. Well, he, the other interesting thing is that Bernie Sanders is leading in Iowa. He's up seven points, uh, and people think some of that popularity has to do with. His his issue on student debt. Yeah. Student debt's a big thing across the board, especially with middle class. Um, what is this thing with student? He wants to uh, um, forgive student debt altogether. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, how much does how much money are we talking av- about? The average college graduate will graduate with uh, anywhere between twenty five to uh, 
sixty thousand dollars in debt. What is the that's net? just undergrad? Right. What is what is the, the I mean the aggregate amount? That I, he's I don't I don't know the numbers offhand, but there's ways of funding it through cutting defense, increased taxes on the upper class. There's ways of generating income. Right. Uh, just just re, just reversing the tax breaks for the upper the upper class that Donald Trump did will make a big significant impact in carrying that cost. Okay. Um, but it's it's interesting, man. Uh, Bernie Sanders is interesting. Now he came so, out with so, good. So is he suggesting that we have a free higher education? No, he's suggesting that I don't know his his detail. We do have partial free higher education. Yeah. Okay. Partial, but yeah. I mean, like, well, you gotta he, look. Kenny used to be free. I remember it. Yeah. I remember when I but first went. But it ain't free no more. No, I know that. It's, <laughs> My it's, granddaughter's yeah. going yeah. to SUNY, which is you know statewide. Yeah. But uh, well, what I'm saying is that uh, <clears throat> when when I went to school, I remember it being free. Uh, but I don't know that. I don't know if they can do that nation. Um, national. Well, well, okay, he's. I, they're looking at other kinds of plans with tax breaks, things of that nature, yeah. for people who, go, who send kids to private school. The, the bottom line is that we have students graduating with too much debt. I agree. I, Obama I, paid off his debt his first year in the White House. Right. <laughs> that's that's how long it took. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. First year in the White House. You know, why this whole medical course and doctors, why we don't have doctors going in family care uh, and uh, pediatrics and some of the emergency care, the areas we need. Yeah. It's because a doctor will come out with, you know, $200,000, $250,000 in debt. Yeah. They got to go into specialties to make money to pay that off. Right. So, this, you know, this, the model has some something in that model that we have to correct. I agree. I so agree. that gives a lot of appeal to Bernie Sanders. And he also came up with something that I find appealing is the dealing with this issue of uh, the Internet. You know, uh, I when the Internet came out, it was free. Right. It was free. And then FCC went to bed with major corporations and they passed this, you know, new regulations that allow corporations to own the Internet not only did they own it in terms of the uh, the ban, you know, you got, you can't just go get internet. You got to do it to a provider. Right. Now, that not only does the provider sells you the internet, but they sell you the content on the internet. Uh, and Bernie Sanders is looking at reversing that uh, and turning the internet into a public utility. And that's that's not far-fetched. Some places have that. Some countries have that. When when it, when the internet first came around, are you saying that it was free? Yeah, you didn't need a you didn't. You no, didn't need when a, I had my first computer, man, my little Atari, I got on the internet for nothing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and it was it wasn't always corporations involved in the internet. That was you know a a, a deal made and uh, to allow that to happen. Okay, uh, I'm trying to remember. Like I, I remember the modem. Yeah, they sold those bands. All right. And the trade-off with those bands is the so-called community involvement. Places like Brick and other places, okay, will allow so much airwave 
um, community airwave uh, at no cost, and we'll help support these places. And that's why you have a place like Brick and similar places all across the country. And that, that was the, the trade-off. But there, there, you know, why electricity is a public utility. Gas and water is a public utility. Why shouldn't the Internet be a public utility? It was. But that's, uh, <laughs> as Bernie said, just throwing that out there. So uh, keep your eye on Bernie. <laughs> he may upset the car. But the other guy that's moving up, believe it or not, is Bloomberg. I, Bloomberg, I knew I knew he was going to start moving somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to start because it, his message is clear. Yeah, his message is let's get rid of this guy. So he's there. These these two cats are moving, and Budacek is up there, man. And 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 um, Bloomberg is also is a proven winner too. He's he he's proven he can do things. Well, he's I proven mean, he can spend a hell of a lot of money. Uh, well, what is it for? <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? I know, I know, yeah. I know. What is it for? If you're gonna spend it on something, spend it yeah. on the White House. Yeah, like why not? Why, yeah. I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah. Okay, man, Larry, that's enough politics, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's interesting stuff, man. Yeah, it is very interesting. Let's get to some jazz, man. Here's a piece with Freddie Hubbard and Cedar Walton. Ah, uh, this is great, and it's called. God bless the child. Now God bless the child. Ballad, and we're gonna dedicate this to you. This is called God Bless the Child.
Freddie Hubbard and the Cedar Walton Trio. God bless the child, Larry. I know you got to talk about this piece. Oh man, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. There's very few words that describe how how really good that was. The piano playing, the drum of the bass. Everybody was smoking yeah. on that one. Freddie really stepped out there. Oh, Freddie, man, Freddie's always always doing something. You know that that's noteworthy and and you know worth listening to you know he's a uh, he blazed a trailblazer as far as i'm concerned right. you know uh made him voyage and there's so many things about that that he's done that that i really like that was a concert done in japan and i got a question for you man because a lot of jazz artists performed in japan what is it about Japanese culture that makes it them so jazz so appealing to them? That's a good question because um, uh, Hiroshima, I think the name of the group is Hiroshima. Um, I listen to their music a lot. Yeah, and um, there's a couple other and and like even like the street musicians that I see like in the subway, a lot of them are Japanese. Uh, or at least Asian, uh, and I, I would assume Japanese. Um, and I don't know. I think they just 
uh, took a liking to it, um, <clears throat> much the way that they took a liking to hip hop. Uh, it's the same thing. That I yeah. think that they they appreciate music. They appreciate music yeah. uh, the same way that Europeans appreciate music. You know, like yeah. they appreciate jazz Europeans. Yeah, but so many jazz artists, uh, they all performed in Japan. Yeah, because they're invited to, to yeah. yeah. Wow. Talking about great artists, man. Uh, there's another one, man. This is classic, folks. Classic. John Coltrane, Blue Train. You know this piece. <laughs> Thank you. 
That is that 1957 jazz classic, Blue Train. Oh, man, what a piece, Larry. That yeah. that piece was uh, uh, with John Coltrane on sax, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Curtis Filler on trombone, Paul Chambers, and uh, who else was on that? Kenny Ken- Drew? Kenny Drew, yeah, on, on piano. piano. Yeah. yeah. What a masterpiece, man. Yeah, yeah, 1957, man. Yeah, yeah, that, that was beautiful. Yeah, uh, I like that harmony at the end. Oh, know, yeah, yeah. That was, that was yeah. good harmony at the end. Yeah. And then the well, uh, train just goes away. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, and then he just ends it. Yeah. It's like a combination of uh, bebop and uh, blues. Uh, 1957, man. Yeah, wow. That's early train. Well, let's keep it going, man. Here's uh, another old piece. Eddie Lockjaw Davis. And this piece is called In the Kitchen. Uh, Sit back and enjoy this, folks. Early Scott on organ. Thank you. 
Eddie Lockjaw Davis with Shirley Scott on organ, Eddie Lockjaw Davis on uh, sax. Larry, I know you like that piece. That was beautiful. Uh, Shirley, uh, I think, really dominated that. <laughs> 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 she dominated that, that, that particular song. Oh, yeah, song. man, she played. Yeah, she played yeah. Her, she did her thing. She, yeah, she did, she did her, her thing. thing. Yeah, and I was wondering who was the flute player. I think it was him. It was him? Oh, yeah. good, yeah. Well, he played a great flute on that, on yeah, that as Eddie well. Yeah, Lockjaw Davis, yeah, man. Yeah, that was really great. And he gave yeah. her, I don't know, I mean, it looked like it was his record, but he gave her such a yeah. a yeah. play that uh, it, it sounded like it was hers. But either way, it was a, just a great, uh, great, uh, great uh, uh, song that they yeah, played they together. They played great together, man. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, it's that time. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, we're going to go out on a different song, a this right song called Old Man. Uh, no one intended. Uh, Was that for you? <laughs> uh, you beat me to the punch, brother. Uh, Mentioning no name, but you know who. <laughs> Hey. Who you are out yeah, there as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Larry, this was great, man. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I did for sure. Yeah, me too. And I uh, thank you for listening. And as always, peace and love.
Thank you.